I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, let me take a minute here to tell you about our latest sponsors, Just Meet It. Head over to justmeetit.ca to get yourself some high quality meats delivered to your door directly from the farmers themselves. And when I say high quality meats, I mean it. No antibiotics, no growth hormones, no chemicals, not even any performance enhancing drugs. None of these animals have ever won races that they shouldn't have won. All right. And these animals, we're talking ostrich, we're talking bison, elk, animals that you can't catch by yourself. They even have Wagyu beef. So do yourself a favor, head over to justmeetit.ca, order yourself a box. You'll be supporting the local economy, local farmers, local business, and us. Justmeetit.ca. I take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Guillaume, welcome. We had good conversations off camera, but yeah. this is where the fucking meat of it happens. Thank you. So, so happy to be here. Dude, I can't believe you live two hours away. So that's why I'm very happy that you made it in. Yeah. But I got lucky because yeah. you were supposed to drive a helicopter, ride a helicopter yeah. today. Yeah. But you decided to cancel to come here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Too laughs> You're going to do the helicopter tomorrow. Yeah. So, dude, uh, number one, you are a PhD in neuropsychology. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Explain that to me because I never, it's hard for me to explain to people what neuropsychology is. Okay. You know, in psychology, there are many branches. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a big domain, you know. Um, neuropsychology is one aspect of psychology that is more related to, I would say, hardware, cells, uh, neurons, uh, neuroanatomy. Um, so when you start to touch hardware in the brain, the, the, the tangible part of it, it starts to go towards the neural part. And you can addition this neural part with neurocognition, which is the relationship between neuroanatomical parts and your brain operations, which are abstract. For, for example, attention. Attention is not something you can touch, but it exists, you know? Yeah. And, and attention is related to some neuroanatomical part. So neuropsychology uh, studies that. So that, that's what I've done in, in my PhD. And did that get you interested in how people think in general? Because we're going to touch on you going to live with tribes in a bit. Okay. But is that something that sparked your curiosity, just seeing how things work? And you're like, why do people think this way? Um... Uh, for me, it, it it was reverse, you know. Um, I was really shy when I was a, a young kid, and I was really uh, insecure. I was um, I couldn't solve my own problems, so I was I was asking my mom to solve the problems with my friend. Okay. And oh, like conflict? You, yeah, you avoided conflicts it. to like what to play, you know, little conflicts between kids, you know, normal things. But it it was making me super anxious, so I was asking my mom. Uh, I was telling my mom that I was a victim of my friends. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to solve the problem and, you know, they're not going to make any problem. But, but at a certain point, she said like, okay, you need to solve your own problems. I mean, I can't be there all the time and nobody will respect you if you can't face that. So she taught me how to not avoid conversation. So that's what, that's what she, she, she showed me. And um, so I guess that I was, uh, I've been always sensitive to uh, relationships very... Um, 
it was very, very important for me to create strong relationships with my friends and with people, with my teachers. And this is, I feel, that the link that drove me to create relationships with people that are very, very different from me. And so to focus on what components do we have in common? So despite the, 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 the differences that, that might be superficial, for example, skin color, language, ideas, all kinds of things, personality, is there something we have in common? Is there a mechanic that drives relationships? And that was my obsession for so many years, and I wanted to test that all over the world because I had some hypothesis. Before, before I studied psychology, I knew that I wanted to, to study human communication, but like... I wanted to, to go in, in uh, the Department of Communication at university, but this department was like, yeah, we don't study the, this kind of communication. I'm like, okay, what is it then? Oh, you know, mass communication, media and stuff. Yeah, but the mind, how people talk and stuff. Like, no, this is psychology bullshit. We're going to tell them what to think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, no, I want to study how people interact. And they were like, this is psychology. So so this this has, has drove me to, to put some hypothesis um, and to try to test them all over the world. So that's that's how it happened. And I wanted to, to see it for myself. And then how did you connect with, like how do you reach a tribe? And you Because you went into actual tribes, you went to live with tribes. Yeah. How do you know they're not going to kill you? Well, it depends on the tribes. You know, the, you, have, you need to study a little bit the environment, the history, the past, you know, to, it's like, it's like a form of empathy. You know, you want to visit someone like, who, who, who are you going to meet? What's the, what's the history of this person? How do you feel? How do you think this person feel or this community feels with this history? And after, well, I trust human beings. I really trust that if you do certain things, it's not going to trigger any hostility or anxiety or anger if you do specific things, but it's very easy to to uh, trigger some specific emotions. It's very, very fast. It's milliseconds. So if you do s some uh, psychological or mental operations in your mind, it will be shown in your breath, in your breathing, in the, how you nod, how you blink your eyes, how your, eye, how your eyes move, and it will send messages that will be detected in 50 milliseconds or less, even before consciousness, which happens be between 80 and 100 milliseconds. So it's very, very fast. You can't hide it's very powerful and we're just and this is this is neuropsychology neuropsychology is able to measure what is actually going on and at which speed in the mind so we're just we just starting to have the technology to be able to to measure that and my job is to make the connection between what we know scientifically speaking and how we can use it in real life because i'm obsessed with real life yeah. science is nice but it needs to be transferred into a quality of life. So this is my job. And one way to do it, well, I need to, to, to test it myself, you know? So this is, this is um, how I meet um, different tribes. And, you know, once if I see some people in the jungle, in the savannah, anywhere, I trust that there are some mechanisms that will allow each other to create relationships. So I'm just going to focus on not triggering the bad mechanisms. I'm going to focus on triggering the right mechanisms and, and to play with that and to give it time. And slowly, more, most of the time, anxiety will, will lower and relationship will go higher, which, which it creates kind of an X. Okay, So if anxiety remains high towards someone, 
it means that the relationship will remain low. It's impossible to be anxious about someone and to have a high relationship. Right, it's right. Because really you don't trust them. Exactly. Yeah. So the trust is a consequence of prediction of the future about someone's behavior. So the only the only thing trust is is a statistical operation of probably in the future is going to be okay. You know, this is called trust, and it's it, we can feel it with low anxiety and high relationship. But it's a it's an anticipation of the future. It's a prediction. Everything is math. It's it's kind of mathematical in a way. Yeah. And w- so let's say, uh, what's one of the names of the tribes that you picked to go visit and live with? Uh, I've visited maybe fifty tribes, you know. So, so it's 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 they're all fascinating. They're now, all different. What? So let's say you're going in. You're going to a tribe now. Yeah. You technically, even though you've done your research, you have no guarantee uh, that you're going to get along with them. They're yeah. going to like you. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, "All right, this is hostile and it's not going to change," or did did you find that people across the board are kind of similar and? Um, most of the time it went well, you know, there are some classic mistakes that we, we can't do, but we can't do them, uh, for example, between you and me or here, Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just that here we're going to fake like if it's okay. okay? But there you don't know how it's going to go. Exactly. <laughs> it's the same mistakes that have the same consequences, but, um, it happened a, a couple of times in Papua New Guinea. I was, I was doing a documentary about cannibalism. Okay. You know, which is a very hot topic. You know? I want to know about this. Yeah. Uh, it was in 2008, and I knew that they were, they were still practicing a little bit of cannibalism, uh, one form or another form of cannibalism, and I wanted to, to know more about it, but it's a very big taboo there. You know? It's but, a taboo for them, oh, even yes. though they're practicing it. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. But, I, you know, you don't know. You know, I didn't know that, so it was a little bit rough on my on my end because I didn't uh, anticipate well the emotional reaction when I was bringing out this this topic. You know, so I was trying to ask people, "Hey, uh, what's up with cannibalism here?" And they were like, "Nope, doesn't exist." I'm like, oh, it's funny. Like everyone says, "Oh, not here anymore," but in the other village, yes, everyone was saying the same thing. So not here anymore, but. So everyone was there was a hot potato somewhere, but pe- but delicious looking people kept going missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, that's it's way more complex than before. You know, they don't kill each other to just eat each other like this. You know, it's very it's hidden now. With what was the reason they would do it before? Before um, many reasons because it depends on the tribes and the community. Because uh, you know, cannibalism is not a. Um, um, a uniform practice. There are different different kind of, of meaning into it. So, uh, like for example, before I would say like fifty years ago, uh, sixty years ago, when there was a, a war between two communities or two villages or two tribes, you know, they were they were taking the bodies home so they could eat them and they could absorb the energy of the fighters. You know, so there's a kind of a philosophy and uh, around it. Uh, but n- nowadays it's not like that anymore. So uh, when I, I was doing this this research in 2008, it was more about sorcery. Oh. So they were doing potions with body parts, you know, to create spells and to control things. So it, like it's called uh, witchcraft. So witchcraft uh, is is a big thing. 
Oh really? Incredible. So they believe in it hardcore. Oh yes, of course. And uh, I, 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 I've done this film that was on, on Canal D, and uh, there's one sorcerer that shows me like, okay, this is the uh, the brain of someone and with blood and everything. It was, it was showing me like his potions, like this. Did you show him your your iPhone and tell him, look at this sorcery, sir? <laughs> uh, I didn't have iPhone uh, in 2008, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah. it's just like, let me show you some sorcery. Yeah. Okay, so they do it. It's still. Um, social reason right it's still something yeah. within the culture because it's cultural if they're doing it for witchcraft yeah. Yeah. but is it f what i wonder is, is it forced is it like let's kidnap someone and take his body parts or is it more i like this guy who passed away i think his brain would be good for this potion it depends of the tribes and the community. So some are still violent, like I'll take that guy and take his body parts. Yeah, well, it, it's very hard to know what is true, what is actually happening, and just just like stories. Okay, going yeah, around. it's very maybe it's very rumors. Difficult. Yes, but at the same time, we found we find skulls and uh, and potions like that. We found th find things, but it's very hard to know how it actually happens. So some tribes they were like um, like special witchcraft. A sorcerer during the night, you know, they were taking people walking at certain hours. You know, that was what what we heard. Okay. And and uh, some in, in other villages, uh, it was different stories. You know, so it's very hard to know the truth. You know, how did you feel? Did you feel safe the whole time? Yeah. Well, that at uh, in a village called Telefamin, okay, in uh, Papua New Guinea, um, I was sleeping in a little hut there. And uh, after, after two weeks, you know, I was talking about sorcery and, uh, you know, witchcraft and, uh, you know, cannibalism and people didn't like it. They thought you were the witch. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So there were story that I might, I was, there, there was all kinds of story like I'm the white man hiring other witchcraft under that I was controlling you know, it's uh, it's crazy. If you if you think that social media goes fast, it's the same thing in a small village. So I, I, at a point, I woke up and I realized like people thought that I was involved into witchcraft because I was asking about it so much. It was so weird when I was hanging out with the wrong people and they didn't know. So during the night, uh, I realized uh, I opened my eyes one night and I see just uh, uh, someone looking, you know, uh, watching me. Oh god, that's weird. At w and it just it, the person just uh, disappeared, and I was uh, hearing people walking around uh, around my my hut. So um, no, it was uh, I left uh, a few days later. I had to go. I didn't feel uh, safe, but it, oh, wow. it rarely it rarely happened. But this, this and one. from there, what did you what did you take with you? What did you learn? And then you applied to a new research, like uh, that you did. Did you learn anything from them? Oh, you absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Know, um, it's like, you know, the subject of conversation, what you talk about with hum human beings, it's like matter, you know, a subject of conversation, it's hidden somewhere in the mind and you need special authorization to access to a specific subject. And if you force it, it will, there's going to be some mechanisms to protect the subject. And, and so, tension. Yeah, tension and attack and, um, you know, because every subject of conversation contains what I call vulnerability, which is a, a special power, if I could say, involved into the subject. And so if you access too fast to a highly vulnerable subject, the brain defends itself into rejection, into uh, aggression, into anxiety, because the relationship is too low to access, to access to a specific subject. 
So you need to increase relationship before accessing to a specific subject. And sometimes I, w- I went too fast. Because right. this is something that's transmitted. This is something that we all do globally. Yes. It has nothing to do with culture, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So same thing with someone you, you talk to. For example, this this is part of your job to talk to people. Yeah. So sometimes you sometimes we because we're interested to to talk about a, a certain uh, subject of conversation. Hey, uh, let's talk about this. And the person will because of the camera and the social pressure will say, Yeah, absolutely. But you know, this smile will hide something. You know, maybe nervous. Yes, yeah. and there's gonna be like um, you know the brain will choose which part of the subject you're gonna talk about and which part you're not gonna talk about. So. So this is not what you want. You want an open subject, but you need special components in the relationship to access freely the real subject. Like why is there some magic sometimes in podcasts and, and in interviews? It's because the relationship was high enough and so the brain was able to access the full message, the full subject. And this is where the person talks about something that he or she never talked in his life or in her life. And this is the magic thing. You can't fake that. Can we get there socially, like as a as a group? You think? Because right now, just you saying this is sparking things in my head. Like I'm thinking, um, there's a lot of taboo subjects right now that we can't yeah. talk about. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. uh, pol- if you get too much into politics, if you talk about trans, if you talk, and right now, people, the second a subject is brought up, it's like we close ourselves. Which, in my estimation, it could be because I'm a podcaster and I like to talk. Yeah. I feel like that regresses us if we're not gonna. openly discuss what our issues are what we feel then how do we move forward you know before before the podcast you were uh talking to me and you were you were asking me like is there is is it hard sometimes to have access to some knowledge because you have a lot of knowledge other people don't and you have a lot of knowledge about people themselves that they don't even realize because of your studies so that's why the question was for people to understand is is it ever hard for you to know a truth that you see you know they don't know but you can't even broach the subject because it will cause conflict. Yeah, and um, you know we stopped right there at the conversation yeah, before yeah, the yeah. podcast because I was like, um, well, thank you for bringing bringing that up because I can't talk about how I feel about certain things and how I feel inside me. You know, not being being able to talk about certain things w- w- without having very important consequences against me because this is the challenge right now. Um, so yes, it's, it's very hard because, um, I specialize in human behavior. And so of course that if, if I'm, I spend my whole life studying that, well, people talk about human behavior all the time, how they feel, why they act a certain way. They, they have a certain interpretation of the world, social phenomenon. And, and it's just, it's hard to go against the current right now because there are some mechanisms right now that stops you from talking. And one among the mechanisms are, um, how do you say that? Um, discredit, you know? Right, right. There are some mechanisms, uh, as a defense mechanism, they discredit people. They attack this person. Like a di- smear campaign. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's very dangerous. And it's not fun at all to talk about scientific stuff because it goes against certain interests of some people from some groups that want to 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 
uh, go upward into the social hierarchy using discrimination, for example, excuse or theme, and to discredit other people that are supposed to be, uh, you know, bad people that ha apparently stole something from from them. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's very difficult. It's uh, it's a very people are, are more and more aggressive, and th this stops the dialogue. So. So how important this is an impo how important from your is dialogue because i i feel but I, again i i don't i have not studied behavioral science i've not studied people as much as you have in my estimation i feel like if we keep uh having this fear of a backlash yeah. over a dialogue over what's yeah. supposed to be a non-aggressive dialogue yeah. i feel like we're going to regress because then everything becomes taboo and it's kind of like we go backwards in yeah. time is that just a paranoid fear that I have, or can we tangibly hurt our uh, social discourse in the future if we continue like this? Uh, absolutely, this is this is one of my biggest fear right okay. now. Okay, so it's not it's it's not crazy. No, okay, no, and uh, I would say that it stops me from sleeping on really? a regular basis. Yeah, because I'm very very worried about where it's where it's going, because everything we have built as human beings, every little machines, everything, you know, this, every component you see, human beings ha have worked together to build these things. Yeah. And to build one thing, you need a lot of conversations. It's a lot of meeting, it's a lot of agreement, it's a lot of challenges. And the results of that is what we call evolution. It's called progress. So the very unit of the world moving forward is a dialogue. So if you stop these mechanisms for all kinds of reasons, okay? So if you discredit some group, some people, you stop dialogue and it, it, and it becomes a tyranny, but in the name of a virtue, which looks good. Yeah, that's what's happening now. Yes, so it's a, it's a trick, you know? We use virtue to uh, stop people from, from talking and it's very, very bad. And it's it, it happened in the past, in the history, but now it's there's a modern way that happens and it's, it goes very, very fast with social media, you know? So it, it creates a vibe of over-victimization of groups right now. Right now, the, the best, the most powerful branding that you can have is a victim. Everything is based on a victim. It's like, oh yeah, you want to talk? How, where are you a victim? Oh, I'm a victim because I belong in this group. Oh, I belong to this identity. Or so you, it's a promotion of victimization. And so it's a, it's a promotion of, of value, uh, of virtue. And, but say. our old values used to be based on substance. Uh, substance. So it didn't matter what yeah. group you were part of. It mattered yeah. what you brought to the table. Exactly, exactly. But now it's, it's related to your label, your identity. That, that is very flexible because it doesn't really exist. Identity yeah. as a label. You, yeah. A scientist and a Greek scientist, why does the Greek need to apply? We just need to know what kind of science he's up to. Exactly. And what do you do? What, what you're thinking? Why are you thinking this way? Like your branding, your title, your, your its kit, your label, it doesn't matter because you can always find new ones. Yeah. So it's not real. So right now, the branding is about victimization. You need, you need to find new labels to justify this, this will to oppress others from, from thinking and talking aloud. So it's, um, it's, it stops. It stops the dialogues. It, so. Do you have any theories on how the shift happened? Because yeah. personally, I can't see where yeah. 
it went into because you're 100 right uh, the virtue now is in being a victim so how are you a victim because i'm more of a victim than you therefore i'm better than you which doesn't make any sense yes. but i never yes. i don't know where it started i know i don't know yeah. what caused that social change um there are many hypotheses for that but definitely one of the strongest is the the rise of postmodernism. Okay. okay. Postmodernism is, um, you know, there are different kinds of, um, you know, theory around it, the, the different ways to define it. But in short, is objective truth does not exist. It's only subjective truth. So the truth is something you create yourself. That's absurd. Okay. Yes. But this is postmodernism yeah. modernism in reaction uh, of, um, of, it's kind of feeling of, of oppression of a system and this system is driving the real truth so we so the real truth are just a tool for oppression okay so it's perceived like this so the uh, postmodernists say that everything is subjective there there are, there is no such thing as an objective truth okay that's crazy so if everything's subjective it means that i can create truth based on how I feel. And so I am right if I feel it. And if you say I'm wrong, it's because you're oppressing me and you're not respecting me and my own truth. So it's a vicious cycle of, of war against like each other's reality. So everything is flexible. For example, a man and a woman is the same. It's not real. It's not a real thing. So everyone can be a woman or a man because it's a, it's a subjective truth, okay? Right. So it brings all kinds of problems because if nothing exists and if you say that there is an objective truth, no, it's an oppression for postmodernists, okay? So you oppress people with real truth, but it's not, it's not, it's not a real truth. So this is, this is what drives the thing that if you're, con if, if you're contradicting me, you're oppressing me. Yeah, not, okay, you're contradicting me, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe you're wrong, or let's, yeah. again, we get into the situation where the dialogue would be the best, but that doesn't exist anymore, you can't have a dialogue, so now it's more, oh, you're the enemy, so I'm closing off, Yes. I'm going to live in my bubble. Yes. Because I have seen that a lot where people, even with me, I'll have an argument about, it could be about anything, yeah. and I'll notice the bubble will close. They'll be like, oh, you you don't know what you're talking about because I don't agree with that. My reality, my truth is this. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll close, and I'll be like, well, then why is there even a dialogue if it's just your reality? My reality could be that I'm a, I'm a giraffe. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it, I can't expect the world around me will change because I'm going there. Yes. So this is the problem. It's like now... It's a it's a it's a promotion of um, their everyone's way to see the world, and the world must adapt to you. Yeah. Okay, but it's just that the world doesn't really work like that. There are there are truth, you know, maybe maybe not absolute truth, but there are things that are definitely wrong, and there are things that are definitely more right. Yeah. So that's that's what counts, you know, to go together to more truth. And especially shared truth, so we can agree on things, and we can s envision same projects, same way to function. Yeah. Because this is the goal of a society to agree on rules, and we play the same game. So if we don't play the same game, it's in, it's important. It's impossible to make a team together, and it's impossible to create relationships. But we have to, as a society, the best thing is to make the team together, right? Yes. That's, or else we can't move forward progressively like we have in the past. Exactly. 
you can you can set up your own way to play the game and my own way and expect that we're gonna get along and create uh, you know important goals reach important goals together yeah. it will be like having a segregation still around like having yes. racism and then assuming that everything's going to be all right yes no no you got to break that wall down realize that it's not it shouldn't be yep. and move forward together yes yeah. yes exactly but in order to do that you, we need to recognize that you cannot just create your own truth and it, it, not every not Every opinion is worth the same. There are opinions that are not worth a lot because it's not factual base. It's not proper knowledge base. So, so an opinion is not all opinion are, are not equal. You're this right is, about this. This is yeah. very important to understand. But this is this is called oppression for some people. It's like no, you're oppressing me. It's like no, it it has nothing to do with oppression. In fact, so the oppression is a card. That is brought up all the time, all the time. Who's responsible for, st is it, is it a team thing? Who's responsible for putting us back on the track? Because right now, if you would think that you're responsible as an individual and I'm responsible, we could try our best. But if the media or the government is, will still uh, not support getting back on the rails of just going with truth and it uh, doesn't matter what your feelings are, yeah. then even our strongest effort won't matter. It has to be like a global thing where people are like, the only way to protect ourselves is yeah. we stop the lies and just go for truth. Yeah. But it's very hard now because the, the points that you get in society, people love societal points. The points right now in society are based on things that not necessarily have to do with truth. For example, uh, let's say Instagram photos. A lot of uh, models like to pull up the photos and a lot of them are heavily doctored, which means that the value that they're getting positive results from is not the value that they put into their actual, let's say, body or their physique. It's the value they put into the editing skills, yep. for example. So it's not a real thing that they're getting the reward from. Yep. So they have to maintain a certain level of a lie, yep. right? And this is just on a small scale. Yep. I was thinking yep. Instagram, try to make it understandable for people. So then you make it difficult to tell someone your whole reality. Yeah. We're going to stop it. Yeah. You don't have to stop. I'm just saying, imagine that. If somebody told you the next day, look, we're going to go with truth now, so you have to start putting unedited photos. That would destroy someone's reality, yeah. but it is not real. When you yeah. see them in real life, you know, so that's what I'm trying. It's like, how do you get people to agree to ruin the perfect world that they've created? I think it's the leaders right now are not strong enough to, able, to be able to lead this current. So... The leaders are playing the games because because I, I they want to win at the end of the day. Just they want to win, and they don't have the proper the proper reasoning process or education to understand these phenomenon. Yeah. So they want to please people, you know. And and human beings are very have a lot of empathy. If someone's saying I'm suffering because I'm feeling oppressed, I mean it's not fun. Not at no? all. Yeah. It's not. You, you feel you don't want to let the other person suffer, so you want to help. So okay, let's stop your oppression let's start let's try to to make everyone happy everyone for example equal what so, does that mean exactly because there are people who are being oppressed let's say and yeah. i'm all for i love jumping yeah. to help yeah. people where i can the issue i have is sometimes you'll get someone who jumps in and be like well what about me yeah you're like well no no you're, you're not them what's happening to them is not happening to you why why is this a discussion it's like no no i'm oppressed because of this because of that yeah. and they all jump in yeah. and it's like well where do we go from this because the equality thing when you say I want to be equal, but I got to take him down, yeah. then that's not equality because now this person's being like. How do we find this? Well, it's because we don't we don't talk about equality properly, and we don't define it properly. For example, there are two kinds of equality. 
there's equality of opportunity, which is a good one. Yes. Because equality of opportunity is making sure that everyone is able to access to an opportunity. So it means that the system is promoting the access for a specific talent. No label that's on you should stop you exactly. from having... Exactly. I'm exactly. with that 100%. Exactly. And this is what we want because if someone cannot apply for a job, it means that this person cannot express his or her talent. Yeah. But this is what this person needs to use his talent and this is what the society needs. So if because of a label there is a discrimination... Uh, and and stopping a person from an opportunity, it's a very bad thing for everything in for the, our everyone. whole ecosystem. Yeah, yes, because you can have, let's say, it was a, they were blo- blocking Greek people or black people from yeah. a certain job. Yeah, the best person for that job that could have innovated yes. could have been one of these exactly. people, and now you regressed us all exactly. because you didn't open it. Yeah, yes. So, and, and we're we're qu- we're quite good at equality of opportunity, but we can always do a little bit better. You know, we can yeah. always push that, and it's a it's a good goal. You know, because it's for talent. It has nothing to do with the label. It's about putting the label aside to make sure the quality, the inner talent of a person is accessible and visible. This is what we need. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the quality of outcome, also called uh, um, quotas. Yeah. Or, you know? um, so it means that we're trying to statistically... Uh, social do social engineering into balance balancing we're artificially uh, yes uh, adjusting the statistics yeah exactly to fit category so it's all about category so for example you say okay uh, 50 men 50 women this in the population we have to balance everything it's like okay so this is the only criteria based on the label which is sex you're going to balance 50 50 okay how how good is going to be it's going to be equal but <laughs> why? Yeah. Uh, what about competence? For yeah. example, what about interests? Is it 50-50 interest and competence? No. Why should we balance according to a label? And this is sex is only one label. One label. We one have label, and we, yeah. we divide it by two men and women. But we know that there are new labels coming up every day. Yeah. You know, they're non-binary, they're transgender. You know, okay, so do we have to balance? according to which population and how it's going to help anyone to increase the quality of the work and, and fit interest. Yeah, so we need it, the best of the best. If the best is 99% women or 99% trans or men, that's what we take, the best of the exactly. best. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, a trans, a non-body. Whoever you call yourself, yeah. say, I'm a peacock. Well, fine. Are you the best peacock? Well, you're the best for the job. Yeah. We need a peacock now. It doesn't matter how you call yourself. Nobody cares because everything that we have built is through competence. Yeah. All the rest is just an illusion. But... The government are playing the game in the wrong way. They're reinforcing the label instead of reinforcing exactly. the competence. Exactly. So say, okay, let's balance. This is just sex. How many how many variables do we need to balance? Okay, ethnicity. How many ethnicity? Well, blacks and whites. But, but blacks, like how black? Yeah. Like how white? Like are we like, talking about like, Greek? Like, or are we talking about Italian? Yeah. Exactly. What do we need? So oh, wait, ethnicity then, or uh, uh, Asia, or like Asia is just a general. Uh, category. Yeah, there's so many countries. Yeah. So how many labels are there? An infinite number. You know when you forget the labels? Yeah. Think about if there's an emergency and you have to go to the hospital, you need... Do you give a shit what your doctor looks like, age, age? No. You want the best fucking doctor. Exactly. Exactly. So this is the wrong way 
to achieve uh, what we want to achieve in the society. And this is, you know, for my TV show, Tribal, you know, I, I'm going to tribes. I don't care if they're blacks or, or yellow or Asian or I just see a human being, they see a human being, and instantly we forget about our how we look and our label and we work on the relationship and we work on what we want to do together. And suddenly in the show, we feel like, oh, wow, what nice relationship you get along. Well, well, yes, it's because we don't care about the labels. That's do you exactly find that weird that they care less about the labels than we do? Like we focus on the superficial, even though we're supposed to be the educated classes. Yes. Isn't it weird? It's not weird because this, this, this system is very rich, very powerful. So if you want to climb the high, very, very fast, there are all kinds of ways to neutralize the people that have actually worked to get in this position through competence. So you bring out the card of discrimination based on the label, and you can lower and increase your social hierarchy based on category. But it's not the good way because it's not based on competence. So it's a war right now. It's a war against uh, using victimization, all kinds of discrimination factors to say, I deserve more. So if you have something, it's a privilege. It's not fair. It can't be through competence. It's because you have stolen something and right. from me, from other people. And so it's a war in the social hierarchy. What does that do to real victims? Because there are actual classes, people who have suffered and still do victimize. Yes. Does that, uh, the, what I always wonder is, is that going to discredit, like let somebody who sees this, they're going to put everyone in the same boat. Well, they also complained and they were wrong. So you therefore must be wrong because we're humans. We like to group things in. Yeah. So is it going to hurt actual people that we should be helping to make sure that they have uh, an opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. Because we need to separate the concept of victimization and real victims because real victims exist. Yeah. And there are facts. There are all kinds of things that prove that these people or this per very this person is the a victim. victim. Okay, so once we know that this person needs help and there there is expertise and resources for that. So if you blur victimization process and With victims... victims it's like, what is what? You don't know what is what. And it's a huge problem. So no, it's, and victimization is, a, is, is, a, is an ideology. Victimization yeah. is not facts-based. Victim is fact-based. Victimization is an ideology. Exactly. It's a way to perceive your relationship with the world. It's like, you know what? This world is oppressing me. It's like the world is like, what do you mean? No, you're oppressing me. Well, this is, this is not facts-based. This is uh, how you view the world, you know? So, yeah. so everyone like this can decide that he's oppressed and she's oppressed. But it doesn't work like that. Evolution doesn't work like that. Goal, goals, reaching goals or a, a accomplishment doesn't work like that. Relationship doesn't work like that. You can't just suddenly create oppressors because you feel unhappy or you feel that you're depressed or you feel powerless, it's a bad thing that it happens and we actually can do something. But it's not by transferring, um, you know, the cause to an external factor that it's going to solve the problem. And we are uh, in this area. Do you think maybe at a younger age, like let's say in high school, um, more classes to let people talk about their feelings, express themselves and understand that, uh, I mean... Because I think when I was in high school, I didn't have a lot of outlets to let people know. Like now I talk about it more, but when I was younger, 
people didn't really talk about, let's say, depression or they're sad or everything. And now I bring it to the forefront because I know that a lot of my fans, a lot of people yeah. go through, you go through periods where you're anxious, where you're yeah. sad, where you, and if we don't talk about it, like psychologically, yeah. we all go through these cycles. Everyone, when they suffer it, they think it's just them. So either because they think I can't talk, it's just me, they either dig themselves deeper into a depression yeah. or they uh, burst out. They blame yeah. the world because they don't realize that everybody, being a human, you have these things. You're going to be anxious. Yeah. You're going to get angry. You're going to be sad. We should talk about it, I think. In high, like just So psychologically, people are more prone to have empathy when they grow up and they go into the working class with the, the person in front of them to understand, like, I know, I go through that too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but I don't know, is that too hard of a topic to bring into a high school? Um, you're right. Before, we were not talking about it. Okay, so a person would suffer alone. It's not what we want. Okay, we started to talk about it more from the 80s, 90s, 2000, okay, more and more. So people feel like, oh, you're feeling like this, I'm feeling like this. So, so it has a positive consequence. The first positive consequence is like it's good to take responsibility of, of how you feel. It's good that you don't feel alone and all that, which is a good step. The problem is that it stops there. You need to start working on yourself afterwards. Right. There is no plan afterwards. It's just we talk about it. Yeah, it's tough. Why is it tough? Because of this, because it's unfair, because... So it is not the right way. So we made the first step good and there is no, okay, guys. It's just a cliff. Yes. So for example, if someone is anxious, it's like there are all kinds of reasons you can be anxious. And most of the reasons are related to, to the environment. Of course, you live in the environment. Yeah, if you're yeah. depressed, of course, it has something to do with the environment, with events, with people, with your job. But is it the environment's problem? No, it is your problem and you need to survive here. You need to have a better understanding of yourself. You need to be able to take different kinds of responsibility. You need to have different kinds of strategy to go through action and problem-solving abilities. You need to be courageous. You need to be equipped for that. And there is none of that. There is talking about how bad you feel. So, so by default mode, the brain will associate your state by an external factor. What do you do if you're 100 people thinking in the same process? You, we all have some, something in common. We're all suffering for what? Oh, me too. I'm suffering for this reason. You? Oh, you think for this reason? You? So it means that they're oppressing our, uh, us. It, it, it creates a huge bias of lack of responsibility and, oppress, and oppressors. It's bad because so, a lot of times because we are uh, influenced by external factors a lot of times we're not handling it properly internally is yes. what you're saying so until until we figure out a way or we decide as an adult me you individually to tackle our own issues it's yeah. kind of like when i was growing up they told me and it was a good thing to learn is uh when you get into a long-term relationship yeah you should never do it before you're comfortable with yourself because then you're going to project all your bullshit on the other person yeah. so once you learn all your quirks and you know who you are yeah then you're good to bring in someone else into the fold. Yeah. I kind of feel like what you're saying reminds me of that. Just, yeah, you could blame a million and one things around yeah. you. You know, it's kind of like if uh, I yell at him, I swear at him to the point where he shoots me. Yeah, obviously, he shot me. That's the external factor. Yeah. But maybe if I wasn't swearing at him and telling him to shoot me, that wouldn't have had, like, something like that. Is that what you're in? I'm trying to simplify it for people. Yeah, Does yeah, that yeah. make sense? Yes, I, you know, 
life is hard. It's a real thing. It's not easy to succeed in life, to have positive emotion, to have a meaning, to, to have a good reason to wake up and to suffer all these, all these years to try, trying to, to, to earn a living. To, it's difficult. So it's difficult for everyone. And, and when you see someone succeeding at this, it's not because there's some kind of a privilege that just magically happened. You know, it's because of education. It's because their parents taught them certain things. It was transferred and it goes uh, along the bloodline and family. It's called education, you know. And so, of course, there is something that, 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 that your parents taught you and you're trying to do your best and you will teach your kids to do even better. This is a bloodline. You're trying always to improve on the last generation. Exactly, exactly. And you're going to do your best with what the parents showed you. And if the parents didn't teach something to you, it's because your parents didn't know how. So it, it is your job to do the next step. This is called evolution. It's like that. So when you see someone succeeding, it's not because someone someone stole something. It's just yes, there was some privilege, for, you know, to accessing to some information because their parents have done something, their grandparents has done something, you know. So. It's like it doesn't come out of nowhere, but everyone has a responsibility to get better, to improve, to increase their education, and to feel more powerful. What about people who feel like, because um, I think you're right, I think education is the number one thing. I think information, yeah. you have access to information, that's absolute power. But what about people who, if the complaint is, well, I don't have the same access to information, because that to me is a problem. If someone doesn't have the same access to information I do, yeah. Well, then I can't expect them to know what I know. They don't have the same access. Yes. So that I think is an actual tangible issue. But again, because it's different from state to state, is it schools that are, are public schools are shitty or what it is? It's hard to for me as an individual to help improve that. But I know that that's out there. I have friends of mine who I know growing up they they just lack a certain bit of information, whether it was from the family they didn't give it to them or their school. And I know that with a bit of that information, they would have thought completely different. Yeah. You know, I, how do we fix that? Like that's, I, that seems more like a uh, structural thing. That seems more a political thing. Okay. Well, first it is impossible to make everything equal and everyone equal. True. First, we, we need to accept that. It is impossible because everyone has a different genetic background, different family, different history. It is impossible at a certain period that everyone is the same. What about access to the same? So, like, let's say, is it possible okay. to have everyone have access to the same quality of schooling? Okay. So, this is a goal. Okay. To increase all the time accessibility. So, this is equality of opportunity that we were talking about. Yeah. So, absolutely. But even if you get that better, you cannot control... I'm with you. ...all the background of your own family. Yeah, you might just not understand information... The way, like, I don't get the information the way you get it. Yes. So it doesn't mean we're going to have the same level of success even though we had access to the exactly. exact same tools. So it yeah. is... Equality, pure equality is not possible. It's a concept. But the goal is to give everyone access to the base tools so that me and you start the same. Yes, so that should be that. That's a good goal, you know, and it's it's already doing great. But we can improve, yeah. improve all the time. But even if we do that, no one will succeed the same. Yeah, that's I'm with you. Yeah, all the time. So we need to clarify that for people because, of course, sometimes, for example, me, I, I was with someone who was like brighter than me and faster cognitively and. It's like, yeah, I would like to be that fast. I'd like, I, I would like to be as good as him or as her in math. I'm not. But that's life. 
Yeah. We are different. Sometimes you have, you know, um, talents that other people don't, and some some talents that you would like to have you don't have it. But some people do. It's it it's like that. So the leaders of the society must secure and clarify that, you know, and not fall into oh, it's because of discrimination. No, it's not because someone su is succeeding as something that you are. There's a discrimination against you. Yeah. It's different. So it's like right now, every form of inequality is a result of a discrimination. It is not true at all. Not at all. Not even close. All kinds of factors explain inequalities. For example, the, the gender pay gap, for example. Yeah. Everyone thinks that there's some kind of uh, uh, a problem with women having the same salary as men. Because people say yes, because, um, for example, in Canada, women make $11,000 less a year. Uh, me, I'm against this. The pay gap thing, I'm against it because I've, I've, I have anecdotal evidence in my life, but also I've studied it, and it doesn't make sense to me because the statistics that are being used are skewed. So they're not taking into account when they say a pay gap. They don't mean me and you, you're a woman, I'm a man, we work at the same place, same job, we get paid differently. What they say is, for example, in a lifetime, you're going to work, I'm going to work, and at the end, they measure, like, oh, he made more money. But they don't take into account what the job was, the hours, all that. So that's so, that's a weird statistic okay. to use. So, yeah, so science, that, that's the point of science. Yeah. Why is that science? To understand better phenomenon that looks very simple. You compare two statistics. There's a difference of salary and average. Oh, so this it's discrimination. Why do you conclude it's discrimination? Yeah, let's study it. Let's study it. There are 18 variables that explains the pay gap, 18, one of them is discrimination. And if you control for the 17 other variables, there is almost zero percentage left to discrimination. Discrimination does not explain at all gender pay gap. There are five good reasons, at least. The, the scalable versus non-scalable job, the, the higher salary for, for remote uh, job, dangerous job, uh, jobs, um, the Jobs that mostly traditionally men would go into. That's why the statistic exactly. is higher. Exactly, but it's not because women can't access. It's just because women do not apply for these kind of jobs. Yeah, they're not, they're not as dumb it's, as us to jump off a mountain. <laughs> exa exactly, yeah. you know, just the negotiation uh, power. Like negotiation accounts for a lot for the salary. So negotiation, women are less good in negotiation because there's one personality trait called agreeableness that inhibits your ability to negotiate. So women everywhere in the world, genetically, they are higher on agreeableness. So if you're really high on agreeable, it's very hard for you to negotiate. Because you'll just accept. You'll yeah. concede a lot. Okay, exactly. Okay. But if, for example, a man and a woman have the same uh, level of, of agreeableness, they will have the same salary. So it's not the sex. It's agreeableness. It's a personality trait. So if you decompose all the factors that explains one big number, you understand that victimization or oppression has nothing to do with the phenomenon, but we don't want to talk about it. And if you dare to talk about it, it means that you are the, the oppressor. For example, just me talking like that, about that, a lot of feminists will say, like, you, you see, this is the patriarchal yeah. thinking. Which is crazy because for this especially, I know because I've looked into it Yeah. because uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was studying in uh, HR management. She mm -hmm. was getting her master's and she's the one who came to me and said, this is very weird. They were talking, about, they gave an example of uh, hotel workers because they go, there's a pay gap between men and women. And it was my girlfriend who said, 
this is not a pay gap between uh, men and women. This is skewed because they, they gave an example of a hotel, two hotel workers. Yeah. And they go, look at how bad it is. Uh, yeah. The woman makes less. But the woman was, they, they picked a maid. And the guy they picked, I think the, the guy in front of the bellhop. But the bellhop was collecting tips from bringing stuff up. He was bringing, it was a two different jobs. So she's like, well, we can't count it. And they were trying to get her to agree with there's a pay gap problem. So what would you do if you were in this HR situation? And she was like, well, there isn't because they're not the same job. You can't compare two different jobs that do two different things yeah. and have uh, two different variables. Yeah. The guy normally bringing up the luggage and telling people where to go, normally he's getting tipped a lot in front yeah. door. Put her in the front door, she wouldn't make less money, she would get the money that he would get. You can't compare two different jobs. So even her, that, that's what got me looking into it. Yeah. And then I started studying, what you were telling me right now, I started studying about how, how are these factors, how do they really contribute to it? Yeah. And it was never the gender in North America. I don't know about the rest of the world, I'm talking about Canada in the U.S. Yeah. It wasn't the gender that was attributing the pay. It was the you know the quality of worker, what line of work they're going in. And most companies, by the way, most companies, they just want to make money. Yeah. If this was the case, the entire workforce would be women because they would find any excuse to pay people less. Yeah. But it's, it's not what's happening. So there was a lot of factors, and I was like, why don't they discuss the actual factors? Why do they trigger people and just go, uh, women and men, uh, they're not being treated equal. There's a, there's, there's, there's a problem. And they get people angry instead of looking at the statistics. Yeah. Because there used to be pay gap. There used to be an actual problem. You could yeah. do a job. I could do a job. You'll yeah. get three bucks. I'll get five. Yeah. We evolved past it. Yeah. And we're still arguing something that isn't the, our full reality now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the, just the negotiation factor. I mean, you need to be able to negotiate your salary. Of course, people will try to pay you as less as possible. That's <laughs> how, Of course it is. But men are less agreeable. And they're just going to say like, no, I want this salary. And they're going to say, okay. You know, but if you, if, if someone, you can see like, oh, this person will, will agree to anything. Mm. Of course you pay him less or yeah, her less. That's the strategy. Yes. But if you, for example, I'm doing coaching, you know, and uh, like personal coaching. If you increase, for example, a woman or a man in negotiation abilities, they will multiply by two their salaries. Yeah. And they have this, they're this, the same sex, the same gender. It's just, it's a negotiation strategy. So the only this factor plays a lot, but you need to increase your responsibility about your own ability to negotiate yeah. for your own salary. You have to improve that skill. Exactly. A real pay gap would be uh, same job, same people get hired. Let's say there's a there's a salary. Let's say you get paid 15 bucks an hour to work at, I don't know, Starbucks. Yeah. And because the woman comes in, they're like, no, sweetheart, we're starting you at 13. That is a, that is a gender issue. That's a pay gap. But that's not what's happening at all. All those jobs that have a, a regular base, whether you're a man or a woman, you get that base. Mm -hmm. The higher jobs that you negotiate a salary, again, there, there's no evidence to suggest that women are purposely getting paid less. In North America, I'm saying this because I don't know about the rest of the world, mm -hmm. the, the, the only evidence there is is negotiating uh, competencies. Uh, it's all personal. It's all individualized. It has yeah. nothing to do with that label that, again, we keep putting. Yeah. Now the gender. They put yeah. in that label gender. That's why topics like this stress me out when people take them. I'm telling you there's a gender and they look at statistics. Look, in his lifetime, he made more. Yeah, but what did he do? Yeah. What did he do? Like, how many hours did he work? What kind of job was he doing? Yeah. I could, if I work 80 hours a week as a construction worker or 40 hours a week as anything that you know, something that pays less, let's say uh, Tim Horn's employer or something, well, of course, our, our salaries are going to be fucking different. It doesn't do with my gender. Yeah. 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 So... It seems illogical to me that people still argue that, and when you bring up facts, mm -hmm. then you're a piece of shit. Yeah. But, you know, uh, men and women, you know, g gender pay gap is one subject. Oh, yeah, we there fight about everything all now. kinds of issues. Like, and they're all kind, they, they can all be broken up in 
two sub-factors, but, I mean, just mentioning these factors or just mentioning that, no, it's, it's, it's not oppression that creates that, it's other factors. It's like you can have a very big backlash from uh, social media, from, from people. But again, this backlash, I feel we're regressing. So the backlash you mean is uh, they kind of box you in because they'll limit your ability to make money because they will ban you from sites. Yes. Uh, try to boycott you from getting jobs, depending on what your job is, what yeah. you do. So they'll 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 amplify whatever yeah. feeling you made them feel by stating facts yeah. tenfold yeah. to try to ruin your life. But then there's no recourse for that. When does the, the person being blamed by victimization, when do they become a victim? You know, if you lose everything because you said something that's statistically true, yeah. but it's socially uh, not well received, yeah. Yeah. and you lose everything because of it, but in the end, you were just saying the truth, when do you become the victim and then go back? Because it seems like there's no path of redemption for those people. Um. No, I mean, there's, you know, the cancel culture is, is, is something very powerful, you know. Um, just to give you an example, um, I was invited to, to a show at Radio-Canada, which mm -hmm. is, you know, it's Radio-Canada. CBC, mean, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, were, they wanted to talk about intelligence. I'm like, it's, I'm very interested in intelligence. I know quite well intelligence. There's so a reason they didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they needed smart people to come on. <laughs> So, but you know, I, I wasn't invited. Finally, they canceled me. How come? The um, you know the the researchers. How do you say that? The researchers. The, the researchers. Who, yeah. 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 Uh, she says like, yeah, we're we're uh, we're gonna do a show about intelligence. I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, I'm, I I invited many artists, you know, and other public figures, you know, to talk about multiple intelligence. I'm like, okay, but you know that it doesn't exist, you know. And she was like, what do you mean? I like it's a myth. There, there are no multiple intelligences. What does one. that mean, multiple intelligence? Um, there's a current, uh, a trend that appeared at uh, in the 80s, 90s, where uh, they kind of create the hypothesis that there are many forms of intelligence, like, uh, like uh, spiritual intelligence, uh, kinesthetic intelligence, musical intelligence, all kinds. You know, there are seven or ten forms of intelligence. Okay. And so, aren't you just the way I understand it is you're intelligent, and depending on how intelligent you are, you could apply it to different fields. Isn't that what it is? Yes, exactly. Okay, that. that's, yeah, uh, that's exactly that. So, so, so everyone was really enjoyed this concept because someone, everyone could be intelligent. Oh, you know, I that's get what humans like. They they want to feel good about about themselves, which is very understandable. Our uh, producer here, he's yeah. burger intelligent. <laughs> burger intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and so, you know, this emotional intelligence, you know, oh, yeah, I'm very sensitive. It's because I'm mo emotional. <laughs> so we're all intelligent. We're all geniuses. Okay. Yeah. And and so I said to the researchers, like, yeah, it's it's a myth. It's it's not real, you know. And she was like, yeah, but we've already invited people to talk about that. I'm like, I understand, but you understand that it's it's, it's a fraud. It's a pseudoscience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm really happy to talk about that. It's going to be very interesting. And she was like, okay, but what's intelligence then? I'm like, there's only IQ. And IQ is an estimate for what we call the G factor, which is the main processor of intelligence that is related to any sorts of competences what you've just said. Yeah, you so know? your cognitive function and how you can apply it externally. Exactly. So it's there's just the IQ. The rest it's it, it's it's called talent or abilities. Yeah. Yes. You know, you're good good at soccer, you're good at music. 
Fine, it's an ability. It's not a form of intelligence. And if there is intelligence, it is IQ that that is involved. It's not a specific form of intelligence. So, and IQ is rigid. You can't develop IQ. It's ninety percent genetic. Really? You can't. So people. So you re- can't help a kid early on to make sure they don't it's become a tried. goof. It's been tried a lot uh, in the United States. You know, because if you have an IQ of under eighty-five. You can't have a job. It is impossible to make you work. So it's it's between 10 to 13 million people. What do you do with these people? Uh, you bring him here. Well, <laughs> he was waiting for it. He just did this. <laughs> so it's a problem, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, and we're all very uncomfortable with that. So IQ oh, is a wow. very uh, big topic, you know? And I IQ- was unaware of this, that you couldn't give a kid an education at the beginning or help boost. So if someone's an, a doof, like an idiot, yeah. they're gonna. You can help someone to function better, to be more perseverance, to have better social abilities. So uh, it's gonna increase your your ability to to um, you know n- not drop out of school. You will remain in school longer. It's gonna help for many things, but your IQ will not move. It's been tried. It is impossible to move your IQ in your lifetime. So it's genetic. So imagine, imagine. The topics in the current we're right now talking about IQ and Oof. there's only one form of intelligence, all the rest doesn't exist, and you cannot move it. People is getting crazy about it. So when I said that to the researcher, she just canceled me of the show. But I understand is why is your viewpoint less credible than the people peddling pseudoscience? It's because they want they want to please the crowd. They want to do a show where everyone is welcome, everyone is equal. There is no discrimination. But is that equal? or di- See, This is what I find weird right now about the term equality and the way we apply it. Wouldn't equality be equally stating truth to everyone instead of openly lying to many people to make them individually feel good? Because isn't it less equal? Because now it's like I don't take you seriously enough as an adult to tell you the truth. I'm going to lie to you, whereas another adult, I'll tell them the truth that you know IQ it's one thing. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Because you say equality, but you're not treating them equally. You're not treating them like an adult. You're treating them like a, like a child because you don't want to tell them the truth. Well, there's, it's twofold. First, media wants to please the crowd because... They want you to keep watching. Of course. So uh, it's very hard to go against the current because it's like, uh, it's like avoiding money, you know, <laughs> directly. And people are not aware about this scientific literature. So they don't know. So they just want to please people. If you don't know which direction to go, what to say, you will try to avoid unpleasing people. So that is why, even though I told the researcher, like, it does not exist. It's a myth. They preferred to keep the show intact and just not talk about it. So they had the whole show about multiple intelligence. So they're spreading the news that everyone should feel equally intelligent for some kinds of talent even though it doesn't exist it's radio canada yeah but they're full of shit like the cbc is uh, like these governments they're full of, you know they're full of shit yeah, for, as for google there's apparently eight different types of intelligence eight different types of intelligence he bullshit. says based on google fuck that's crazy that bullshit they, 100% bullshit yeah, yeah we got we got them beside yeah. it's okay 
Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's but it, it's true. It's, when people Google yeah. that, you know, they're going to think it's real. Yeah, they think it's real. Like it's it's just it's an old thing from Gardner, you know, Howard Gardner that created the, this hypothesis in the 80s, you know, then there is absolutely nothing in there doing that. Why aren't scientists or the what do you want to call them? Do we call them the intellectual community? The intellectual community, why aren't they coming out more being like, "Guys, you've appointed us to spend our entire lives studying our entire lives applying mathematical equations, uh, hypo- proving hypothesis wrong or right. Why don't you listen to it? Like, I don't see the scientific community coming out and be like, all right, let's stop the pseudoscience. It, I always feel like scientists now, they're, if they're not like, um, let's say like Bill Nye, who's not a real science guy, but if they're not in the public and they don't have like an image, they don't talk. They're silent and behind closed doors, they will say things like, oh yeah, yeah this is absurd. Yeah. This is completely crazy. But they'll yeah. never openly tell people, hey, dummy, you're regressing society. They don't. They don't want to get involved. Yeah. It's because you know. For, first of all, scientists are not are typically not extroverted. Yeah. In terms of personality. Second, it's very hard to express yourself first and express yourself in uh, to a hostile public. So, like, they don't want to live that. They don't want to be canceled. They don't want any problems. I mean, it's it's a risk to talk about these things. Can we come back from this? Is there a reset button? Because it feels like it will be generational. It feels like it, it, it's, it's like a ship. It, it, we can't turn it quickly. It feels like it will be a very long steer to bring people back to reality. My hypo- hypothesis is that we're not suffering enough. It's too comfortable anymore. You yeah. can do some little war about ideas and stuff like that. We have nothing to do. If the society was really crashing under war or something and not eating, we would forget about all these little inequalities and oppression and all these things. Yeah. We wouldn't care about these things because we would come back into what really matters and what it's what you do. It's not the color of your skin, what your 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 sexual orientation. It would be really basic raw things. But right now, people are too comfortable. It's and it's we know in we're in the postmodern era, so everything is a subjective thing, and it, it's reinforced with social media that you can just flip reality every day. You can flip things, you can create new things, new images, new branding, new everything is, is flexible until you come back to reality. So, um, it's gonna take something way stronger than the COVID to come back to that. Oh, I think so too. Because I because I'm thinking generational because. I'm like, okay, maybe the next generation, they'll grow up differently. But now I'm like, well, they're going to grow up a bit more pampered than even we were. They're going to grow up even more comfortable. Yeah. So if anything, we haven't seen the full force of no. this kind of um, artificial reality that we've created in real life. We haven't seen the full force of it. I think the full brunt we're going to see in the next 10, 15 years, we might get to such an extreme where people are like, all right, calm it down. This is a little crazy. Yeah. But right now, no one's saying it. Right now, it feels like there's people like us talking about it. Yeah. But the mainstream, what's going out in the public is, no, no, no. Subjective truths. Yeah. Forget reality. It's what you feel. It's this yeah. weird kind of opium. Yeah. It's like they're giving everyone opium. Yeah. Just get high off this. Get the, your little dopamine fix yeah. and you get through it. But we're never going to fix things. We're never going to be where we should be as a society. The Western world right now, 2021, you know, we should be figuring out ways to make sure that there's no one, that there's no kids going to school hungry in our country. We should be figuring out things, that uh, ways that in, in Africa, we don't need Bill Gates to recycle shit to make water. There shouldn't be an issue where there's African villages that don't have water. That's great. Like, it's 2021. We have all these resources. But no, we're focused on these weird, subjective battles. It's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. It's mind-boggling to me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how you view it. You 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 know you you study people. You see different things around the world. Do they think like the tribes that you visit? Do they have this external like um? So sometimes I'll feel guilty. I'll feel bad. Uh, for something I have here that I know someone else doesn't have. You know what I mean? Like, especially when I think about third world, mostly kids. And I th- I'm like, oh, you know, it's fucked up. that You know, we have bottles of water. We have, like, it's all at the, like, I could just get something. Yeah. And then, like, it's weird that I'm doing this here. And at the same time, there's a kid who's like, will I eat this week? You know? And do they have that, these tribes? Do they look externally? Are they like, man, the other village is hungry? Do they have that? Is it like a human function or is it a product of us being comfortable and being able to think about someone? You mean... Like, do they think, let's say... The comparison, you mean. The comparison, yeah. So let's say, do you ever go to a village where sometimes they'll have too much? Will they think of the people that don't have? Or is that just a concept that grew grew in us because we became comfortable and we could think about someone else? Because I think when you're really hungry or when you don't have that much, if it's scarce... I don't think that their idea is, all right, let me help them. Or I could mm-hmm. be wrong. That's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, the comparison starts when you, st- when you start to be comfortable. When you start to have an accumulation of things, you know, your value as human beings is transferred into a m- merchandise that you have. And now human beings all always wants to have more, more growth, more growth and more power. You know, they're, we're expanding creatures and it's okay. It's always been like that. Okay. So you start comparing yourself when you start to be comfortable and you start to accumulate things. But most of, you know, I would say tribes or traditional villages, they're not thinking about the future because when you try, when you start to accumulate, you, it's because there's always this future thought, you know, tomorrow's going to be a thing. I don't want to miss something tomorrow. I want to be prepared. Yes. So you need to think about the future. But these tra- most of traditional villages, they do not think about the day after tomorrow. So accumulation is not a thing. So you, kn- you never need to compare. Tomorrow's going to be tomorrow. We're, we're going to deal with it. We live the in the moment. Tomorrow. Yes. Um, so... Yes, so comparison come, comes from when you have time to wander in your mind about the future and about your value. But if and the neighbor and yes, ex- exactly. So um, there, there's always going to be war against uh, for uh, for territory. Okay, but it's it's quite rare now nowadays. No, so uh, no, there's not there's not much comparison. So, but we do that. We like I always compare, and I think I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this sucks. Well, you know what can I do? Yeah. But then they don't have time for that because it's the moment. Yeah. And it's the comfort. It's weird because it's the comfort that's letting us think about the other person. Yeah. But the fact that we have this comfort is what's stopping us from getting up and working hard to actually help the other. It's, it's a weird cycle that we find ourselves in. I don't know if it's laziness or, or mental laziness, but I find that. We've been the at least the last decade, maybe five years. I feel like people take the easy route mm-hmm. that might not always be uh, the most fruitful or the better for society for themselves, mm-hmm. but it's the easiest route. Let me just get this done quick. Instead of the long route that will produce the better fruit for either them or people around them, it, it's like and I don't know if the easy route is an intellectual thing. Is it because mentally we want to take it easy mm-hmm. or physically? I can't tell. But uh, like I've had conversations with him about. Uh, just discussions about the future and what we should do this and that. And I notice a lot of things always comes up is everyone's looking for the quick fix. Mm-hmm. But the quick fix, like a Band-Aid for like, let's say a, a, a arm that's open, 
yeah, okay, you'll put it on and you'll feel good for 10 seconds, but that's not what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just take the long route and then we don't have to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why the obsession now has become with the easy fix. Maybe because everything came to us easier now, like everything's instant. I don't know what brought this uh, us to this. Uh, how do you view that? Like, Or is it, do you see it the way I see it? Well, it depends of, again, your comfort zone. Because, for example, if, uh, for example, money, okay? Yeah. Does money make you happy? There's numerous studies about it. And the answer is yes, but it depends how much money. So if the money will make you more happy, if you can, if, if it helps you pay the bill, if it makes you safe. Once you're safe, all the over money does not increase your quality of life. I've heard this, yeah. Okay. So this is very important about which, what to choose you know, so this is the, the hard way is that I need the money or I need the resource to be able to live. Okay, so you're going to give yourself a lot of trouble for this first phase to be break even, if I could say. The rest, I don't want to put any effort into it. It has to be quick. Okay, okay. So it depends on the, 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 you know, the survival rate that you are. So if you go over... Uh, you have more resource than what you need, whether it's money or any type of resource that you want. Well, you're not going to work for it that much. You're going to work for it until you break even. So that makes sense to me because that would just that just goes to show that it could be on a specific topic. My perception, because I'm still in the hunger mode of that topic, I'm willing to put that work. But if yeah. someone else is already past that, like, well, why would I? I get that. Oh, exactly. fuck, that makes sense. Exactly. So, so the rest is not related to surviving it's about your idea of yourself your expansion of yourself you know when you have billions of dollars you have passed the point where yeah. you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to be safe. Able to eat. you're safe yeah i think your kids 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 are going to be so safe so what's yeah. the rest of the the goal and and i'm not even saying it's a bad thing or you know I'm not, i don't think it's a bad thing no. uh, to accumulate wealth if you're if you're not stealing it, if you're working for it, it's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, th- that's the thing. It's like, okay, at this level, what's the purpose of all this wealth? If it's just an accumulation, it's, it serves no purpose. But if it's moving things and creating things that benefits other parts, it's a really good thing. And thank God there are some billionaires like that, but not all billionaires are like that. Yeah, some, some it's just accumulate and keep yes. in. Others, it's, all right, now I'm giving half of this. I'm starting a space program. I'm starting, like, Musk. Or developing technology or yeah. solutions or things. Even though things that they're going to sell people, still people will be able to buy it and benefit from it. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's not just giving it to charities. It's putting something forward in the society. But some some billionaires are just, like, well-positioned and they just grab some resources so this is a dead end this is not this is it's not money moving forward uh in the world you know did you uh it's funny because you mentioned billionaires doing this did you know nestle uh was working hard a couple of years ago to work on a plan to try to block uh like free tap water from people they were discussing in north america to yeah only have bottled water and uh, to try basically buy the rights to water sources Really, and then uh, the CEO had come out, and someone said, "Well, right, it's, it's just it's a right. Water's a right for people." Yeah. And the CEO said, "No, it isn't." And then he got all kinds of backlash at the time, like, "What do you mean, no, it isn't? Water's not a right. You can't own the rights to sell people water." But is that? Um, I'm curious what you think as as a guy who studied people's. Is that a selfish? I don't care about people thing, or is it someone who's so deep into the business 
that he's seeing prophets, he doesn't realize the human component of what he's saying, like the out part of that. So if it's not a right, then you're blocking people who, from drinking water if they can't pay for it. Like, do you see what you're doing to people? Or it's like, is it just a lack of empathy? Or is it a bit, I don't know how to quantify that. It is shitty to hear, but I don't know where the blame would fall. Man, it's a good question. I don't know. But there... We would have to know him specifically and <laughs> see. Yeah. But we... we There are different, definitely good questions around it. For example, water. Is it important? You're going to say, yeah, it's really important. Okay, so it's worth a lot. Yeah, it's worth yeah. a lot. Okay, so we should take care of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So we... we there, there should be some regulations and it we must we must put a price tag on it yeah because it has the highest value we can imagine yes so isn't that normal to take care of it like any resources i would say yes for example you know people are saying like oh wildlife is important okay how do you protect that oh programs and stuff no you put a price tag on an animal it means you can own an animal, but you just have to put the price tag so high that you will put money to protect it. That's how you do. That's how South Africa, for example, has done. What do they do? What do they do? The, every, everything is worth something. Every piece of land is worth something. Every animal is worth something. So if you kill an elephant? Oh, yeah. You pay $100,000. So people are avoiding killing elephants? Well, there are some systems, you know, to protect elephants, some fences, some guards, some all kinds of things. You want to protect something, put a, put a price tag on it. It's one strategy. People understand that. If you say, no, no, it's in my heart and it's important, but it's free. Human, being, human beings don't understand that. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, yeah. so it's like, I understand his point of view, but the problem is that, uh, do you are you using this argument to make people suffer more and make you more money? This is where... It's another thing, but it to put a price tag on something to protect I'm, it is a different oh thing. Oh yes, it's a, I'm all for it. Be, all, all for it because if there's an international language, it's numbers and money, and we should use that. But to benefit from who, the society in general or one company? It's very two things, two separate things. But if something is worth a lot, we should put a price tag on it. Air is important. Cool, you should put a price tag on air. But what would that mean? Like for example. For, for example, to uh, you know, we we start to 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 pay for um, you know pollution that you yeah, put the in carbon the air. emissions. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. This is the the beginning of it. Like you can't right, just like right, right. oh no, air is for everyone. Yeah, but you need to manage it. Like who who who's responsible? Oh well, it's free, you know, and uh, we have to keep it pure. No, you must manage it, you know, and we become more and more aware of it because planet Earth is a very very small planet. It's very small. So we need to protect everything on it. So, and and it's hard for us to accept that because we're still attached to this divine idea of free land and pure. It's the planet Earth is like a big garden, but we don't know it's our garden. So it's like somewhere nature. No, human beings take everything, everything. So if you want to protect something, you put a line on it, you put a price tag on it, you put a regulation on it, and you will keep it. But it's a big garden. So every bit of resources needs to be understood and quantified and protected. And the price tag must be around that, for but sure. The price tag, the fear is privatizing everything, right? Isn't that the fear, kind of? Like privatizing stuff that should be a right? It is. And it's scary. It is. It is. And, and I'm not saying there's, there are no challenges, uh, but 
just leaving leaving it open it doesn't really work with humans because humans they spoil everything they take everything not because they're bad just because if they can avoid a responsibility they will avoid it why is that because to take a responsibility socially it's a sacrifice that you must do yourself to the benefit to others but who's the other you don't know them like yeah you don't want that we could do it like before but with seven billion people eight billion people on the same planet i mean no do you think we're overpopulated as a planet no it seems to be no we're we're good to up to 10 millions 10 billions 10 billions yeah Yeah, I didn't even know the number of 10 billion, but... Uh, but it depends how we manage it, you know? You can't spoil everything with, with a lot less than that, yeah. but if it's well managed, there are lots of free territory that... But they're a little bit more hostile, they're colder, but there is some space, but we need to, to, to understand better ecosystems, have good technology, and a nice way to manage resources, but there's a lot of space. Still. The tribes, are they ever affected negatively by us? Uh, oh yes yeah, like oh consistently yeah yes because you know cities are expanding uh you know everything is expanding like tribes are disappearing it's not going to be a, a real thing anymore are the they country. aware of us uh most of them yes yes okay. yeah, yes it's very rare now that some community are so isolated that they have no idea what a white man is you know they have they have an idea for sure for sure now Uh, and but, but they don't want to intermingle they want more and more oh really they want to of course because once once they understand what a cell phone is that you can play music that you can talk to someone you know it took four days to walk to to another village phone call are you crazy like it's they like um tribe that i'm visiting right now that i started visiting 10 years ago they they all have a cell phone and uh and um a solar panel on the hut. They oh, wow. So, and they're texting each other and... Uh, This yeah. is insane to me, just thinking about that. So, Wait till they get OnlyFans. It's it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's, so, I don't know if that's good. You see, this is why I'm confused is I don't know if that's good or bad. I believe in the progress. I believe in the fruits of our labor and our yeah. technology. But yeah. at the same time, some of the stuff we've made is garbage and mind-numbingly stupid. And now I feel like we might project our worst stuff to these people who were living without it. Mm. You know, like. Well, I don't agree with that. No, no. Um, you know, wait till they start twerking on Instagram. Wait, wait. <laughs> you're gonna see. <laughs> it's just the more you you have power, the yeah. more responsibility you should have to manage well these tools. You know, and is so that on us or on them now that they have the power that we've given them, or is was us the power when we gave it to them? It's both, you know. It's both. Um, it's like you know. Um, it's difficult even for me because I'm really very much very much attached to traditional uh, traditional way of life, and and I'm personally not really good with technology and all these things. I don't like that. Okay. You know? So I like to be in the woods with a fire and hunt myself and just sitting and you know. Um, and you have a villager next to you playing Angry Birds. <laughs> You're like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like that now. <laughs> But um, but you know, planet Earth and humans are evolving. Yeah. So we need to accept that, you know. And I, I, I'm I'm speaking for myself. I need to accept that these uh, traditional villages they're disappearing, and it's a souvenir. So right now on the same planet, some people are still hunting with bows and arrows, and others are going to march to march. 
Oh, fuck, it's true, yeah. Mars. Mars, yeah. Sorry. So at the same time, people are going to live on another planet, and at the same time, some people are just lighting their fire like this. It will never happen in the history of the world as right now. This is right now. It's the end right now. That's so, magic. I never thought, but that's great. Yeah, Mars travel on one end. On the other hand, sticks to make fire. Yeah, yeah. And this is it because we're going to, I guess, they're going to evolve. They're going to learn from us. We're going to teach them. And all that's going to go away because we're giving them uh, ease of life. Yeah. How do you not accept that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, it's difficult because when you put, you throw some technology and some tools like that in a traditional village, it destroys a lot of things because the culture is not prepared to handle this kind of technology. Just a bottle of alcohol, just a little bit of alcohol destroys everything. We saw it here. That's what they did. Yeah. Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was going to Ethiopia two years ago to a village that I, that I met uh, 12 years ago, you know, and, you know, they build a little thing with, and they put beer in it. So they're all there drinking beer now. It's finished. So the, the human mind doesn't hold too much. You really need to take care of what's in your mind and what's the meaning of your life and where is it going. Because um, technologies and, and, and the, the things that we create, it's, it, it, it's transformed into drug really easily and distraction very easily. It's very powerful. The, all the technology that we're building, it's very strong. Even with kids, you know. Kids, five-year-old kids with tablets. Yeah, I see all the time. I always argue with my friends who have kids and they're small and they're, they're on their phones. I say, like, well, they have to because their other friends are using them. I don't want them to not know how to use them. But I understand and it's I, I get point. that too. That's a, that's what I'm saying. It's like excellent points, yeah. which I can't counter argue, yeah. but it's like, fuck, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm like an old man now. I don't know what it is. Well, it's like anything powerful. You need to control that. You know, it's like alcohol. Yes, alcohol exists, and you can drink responsibly, and it's okay, and yeah. you can be very healthy, or you can drink all day long. Is it alcohol? Is alcohol responsible for that? No, lack of education, lack of 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 all kinds of things in your life. But I mean, we have to take care of the human mind. It's very very sensitive. If you had one message after all this podcast to just mm. tell people in your experience, you met so many people. Mm. Um, what what message would you give them like to take with them yeah i would say that it's very tempting to put attention on things around you on um, outside of yourself uh to be distracted to all kinds all kinds of things but it's not the way to look at things you have to think about you all the time um to know yourself and to be courageous to set yourself goals and try to learn things, achieving goals and failing and getting getting up again and being strong and and try to commit to things and finish things, not only starting things. It's easy. It's already good to start things, but the real game is to finish things. So I would say um, the human power, the human potential is 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 huge but it's going to be eaten up by, by all the environment if you put too much attention on environments, whether it's technology, so social conflict, social attribution, or um, all kinds of reasons you can find that explains how bad you feel. And people are so obsessed about 
having a, a good self-esteem. Like, why should you have a, such a nice self-esteem if your life is miserable? <laughs> Get your life straight first and after be proud. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You want to be proud of yourself about what? Having your life miserably uh, driven? No. It's like if you feel bad about yourself, that's a really good reason to start working on to something. Improve. Yes. But people don't want that. Like, oh, it's abnormal. I should feel, feel good. Like, no. Maybe it's a good cue that you feel like shit. It's because maybe your life is shit. Yeah. So you should maybe start to do something. And when you, you're going to start to see something going, you will feel better. And you will know why. It's because you deserve to be proud because you have done that. Not anyone around. I like that because that, that's how I think too. I, my friends, I I kind of have similar conversations where I tell them to take responsibility and sometimes they'll feel shit about something, but it's something that they did, something that I, I, if I was in your shoes, I too would feel yeah. shitty. That is a terrible thing. Yeah. So I agree with that. By the way, everyone who's interested, uh, Guillaume, I have your links all in the description and I heard you say you're going to build your own podcast studio soon. Yeah. So there will be, and once it's out, I'm going to share it on, on my social oh, media too. I you. want people to come over. Uh, so website is in the description. Uh, people can actually get coaching with you, right? Yeah. Online? Yeah. At your website? Yeah. yeah. So if you were interested in this at all, I would advise you to check him out on social media. Go to his website. Uh, there's a reason why Guillaume is here, and I was very interested to speak to him. You're a very interesting, smart guy, and uh, thank you very much for coming on here, Guillaume. Well, thanks to you. It was a privilege. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.